You're listening to Vet Candy. Hi, this is Dr. Jessica Turner, and you are listening to Living Well with Dr. Jessica. You're one stop for all things wellness, not just what to eat or how to move, but everything in between. And I have to say, I'm excited to be back. I had a little break. It was nice. <laughs> Went on a little girl's trip, but um, there's just something about being able to, to get on here and connect with incredible people across the, the world and talk about these things that are just so important. And today's guest, I, I feel like we we don't even know each other, but I know like we would be best friends. And I'm not saying that lightly. We just have so much in common. Um, and so I'm excited to Welcome uh, Dr. Tara McCarthy on today. She is a veterinarian with 16 years of experience in private practice, both large and small animal. She has a background in health and wellness along with her career in veterinary medicine. She owns a CrossFit gym with her husband and an online health and wellness business with a team of over 800 people. Her particular passion is working with helping working moms, especially DVMs with their health and nutrition. And she is also a certified veterinary acupuncturist through IVAS. Currently, though, she's making a big shift, and I'm excited for you. I know how big of a move that could be, but she recently left private practice and joined the team of Galaxy Vets as their head of community engagement. Now, I don't know if y'all remember Galaxy Vets. We had Dr. Um, Ivan on, and he was just phenomenal. And I just love what y'all stand for. And I know that's what led you to making this big shift because you align with their mission of giving veterinary medicine back to veterinarians. I know you're just so excited to be able to do work in this space from a different angle. And I know you're you're excited about attracting, you know, like-minded people that are that are looking to be a part of the change. Like that's why I love this show so much because it's just something special about being a player in that. She's human just like us and does have a life outside of work. And so when she does have free time, she loves spending it with her two children and her husband, volunteers as a 4-H leader, hanging out with her horses, and again, helping vet moms regain balance in their lives. So that's a a mouthful, but (laughs) it's like you can't leave any of it out. So I'm excited to have you on. Welcome aboard. And just, I always love to just let you kind of have the stage and and jump in sharing your story. Well, thank you so much. I'm really excited to be here. And I, like I said, I do feel like we could probably talk forever because I think we have a ton in common. So yeah, I'll share my story. I'll share some of the bummer parts of it too, because I think that's, you know, important to why I'm here today. So I was one of those kids that you talk about that like was an animal lover. So the obvious choice is to be a vet. That's what the grownups tell you. So, you know, I was a horse girl. That was my passion. And my obsession. So a horse vet was kind of my goal. So I graduated in 2006 and I was pumped up on top of the world, like going to save the planet, going to be famous and rich, like what we all think. I had no plan. I just assumed that's what was going to happen. It was going to be easy. I moved to New Zealand for an adventure, took a job with a mixed animal practice there. It was mostly large, but was very rural. So we did everything. Loved it, loved the people, loved the lifestyle, but I could not, uh, after I was there for about a year, I was struggling to pay off my Canadian loans with the New Zealand dollar. And then my boss tried to help, but after two years, I just couldn't even, the, the dollar kept dropping. I couldn't pay the interest anymore. So I had to move back to Canada after two years there. So I moved to Western Canada, started practicing large animal medicine there. 
And that period in my life was amazing experience. It was large volume, long hours. We had a really awesome, fun team of other young vets at a similar stage. Uh, I got certified in acupuncture and I started making some money, which was great. But I remember having a conversation with my mom at that stage of my life. And she's like, Tara, of course you're making good money. You're working the equivalent of two full-time jobs. She's like, anybody can do that. And I was like, oh yeah, I guess you're right. Cause I was working like certain times of the year with the racetrack, we were working 70 hours a week. Like it was long weeks and I wasn't really burnt out at that point. I just kind of, it was my life and you kind of get sucked into that. But what did happen is after two years got married and then I had my daughter and, you know, as you talk to every other mom out there, as soon as I looked into her eyes, my life flipped upside down and what I wanted completely changed. So my husband and I moved back to the East Coast to be close to family. I took another full-time large animal job where I was on call every other night, every other weekend. And that was where my, the wheels fell off the wagon for me. There were days when I, you know, I didn't, I had to leave in the morning before she was awake. There were days where I didn't get home till she was in bed. There were literally days I didn't see her at all, except to look at her sleeping in her bed. It ripped me apart. And I started making mistakes at work. I was rushing so hard to like get through my calls so I could get home to see her. And I got really resentful that I had pigeonholed myself into this place where I, you know, I was a vet. I had limited skills. I had to be a vet, but I had all these loans to pay off and I had to practice to pay that off. And I, I really started resenting the profession, sadly. And then I had my son and then we moved again and my husband started a gym and we were just all over the place. He started a gym. And then at that point I made the difficult decision. We made the decision for me to go back part-time and I switched to small animal just because I needed more regular hours because he was gone all the time. And that's just my story. I know there's lots of large animal mamas out there that are rocking it. It's just for us, it wasn't going to work anymore. It was really difficult. I should have financially been working full-time, but I couldn't mentally handle going back full time and like even recognize or like the person that I was in the mirror. So it was a really, really hard time. I was angry. We were poor and I couldn't believe that I was a doctor and was in this situation where I had these two kids and I couldn't barely even provide for them. It's those times, I think though, in your life where you're, you know, you're forced to change. And I was forced to change. I realized it was me that was the problem. And so, you know, we owned a gym and I didn't go to the gym. Like I didn't do any physical activity. I just like was so in such a bad spot. And so I, I found an amazing group of people that were uplifting and I changed my nutrition and I started going to the gym and I just started making those changes. I started a business from home to start having another source of income where I started helping other people with their nutrition and their health and their well-being. And the more you pour into other people and you see their lives change and it's, you know, lift them up, you lift yourself up automatically. And that just slowly continued to happen over time. I went into, you know, personal development. I realized my own power again. And I, I became like a happy human being. I had this awesome gig at home. I was at the gym and I was working part-time and that bled into loving that med again. And I started to appreciate actually what this profession is and how amazing it really is. I just couldn't see it before. I had to step back a little bit more. Things were going really great. I, I felt like I was like, you know, had the world and then COVID hit. And then we, we know what happened there with the vet side of things. And then being a gym owner was really tough uh, with COVID. We got shut down four times. But I just feel like I'd already built myself up, felt self up to a place where I was pretty resilient and I was happy. And even though things were tough at the clinic, we had an awesome team and had a lot of laughs. 
and really had a good time. But inside, because I had been growing and changing, I was looking for something else. I still wanted to be in vet med because I had regained that kind of passion again. And that led me to talk to Ivan, Dr. Ivan Zach, who you've had on here. And he was a classmate of mine and we've been good friends. And I knew his story. And he told me what he was building with Galaxy Vets. And I immediately aligned with his vision and what he was trying to do. And he offered me an opportunity I really couldn't say no to. And so that brings me to today. I just left private practice five weeks ago. And I've transitioned into this with this awesome team. And I get to be talking to you today. We'll be right back with more Vet Candy. Hi, I'm Danica Patrick. Watching my nieces grow, play, and learn is amazing, but not every child gets to be carefree. One in six kids in the U.S. are hungry. This breaks my heart, and it's something that Feeding America is working to change. Each year, the Feeding America network of food banks rescues billions of pounds of good food that would have gone to waste and gives it to families in need. To help, visit feedingamerica.org. Brought to you by Feeding America and the Ad Council. So I have to, you know, fast or rewind um, to some parts to your story that really stood out. There's so many people that could relate to what you were sharing. I know listening, they're like, man, me too. Like, I never thought I would be in this position where whether it's what you said, you know, I'd be a doctor and I'd be struggling so much financially to provide for my family or whatever, you know, we go into the field with like you said, this idea of what things are going to be like. And a lot of times it's very skewed. And I'm hoping that that's part of the shift that's occurring. You know, like students are more prepared or even before they go into vet school, hopefully, as to reality of, of student debt and and those types of things. But I, I know it wasn't necessarily financially, but I remember just being like, how did I end up here? Like, you know, we work so hard to get in this position and doing what we thought we would love. And I'm not going to say like kids are like the culprit every time, but I think it's, <laughs> they have a way of like shaking you up and, and just making you stop long enough to be like, this isn't what I want for the rest of my life. Like something's got to give, or you, you know, it's going to be like a train wreck. It's almost like you're in the process of watching it happen. And so I just know there's so many people that can relate to what you shared and I'm curious because you see so many conversations of people that are stuck in this place and it is due to financial burden and they feel like there's just no way out. And so you mentioned when you made the decision to go to part-time, you knew at that point that you had to, like you didn't have a choice. And that's kind of where I, I was too. I knew I could not physically, mentally just take on the hours I did before having kids. I was not mentally well enough and I was making mistakes and stuff like you mentioned too, but I think it was more because of sleep deprivation. <laughs> That's what twins will do to you, any kids. But um, I think there's people listening, but like, how did you make that work then? If y'all were in such a, a crunch, you know, I feel like there's people that are killing themselves within our field and they know they need to like shift hours or, or change something, but it's like that financial burden is just so heavy on them that they can't imagine taking the leap. Did y'all make changes to where that was feasible, even though, you know, you were saying y'all, y'all were poor, but y'all obviously made it 
work for that season. Do you have any advice? For sure. Like, and I, and I think I always thought like poor, I think is a good definition too, because you can be broke where you just don't have any money in your bank account, but that's just like transient and poor is more like a mindset. And I said poor specifically because I feel like I was at that stage of my life where I was, had such a huge scarcity mindset that there was no way out of this situation. We were broke and like, I was completely defeated. The first thing that had to change was my mindset to be completely honest. And I feel like if you're out there and you are struggling, you have to realize there is unlimited ways to make money in this world. If you can think of a way you can, and that's because we only can think of just practicing medicine as our only way to make money. It's not true. There's lots of other options out there, but first you do have to change and train your your mind that you are able to do anything you set your mind to and anything is possible and it's all out there for you to grab. And really I had to do that first. The mindset had to change first before the money came. You know, we had to budget really hard and we depended on people for hand-me-downs for our kids. And, you know, it was embarrassing and it's embarrassing to talk about it, but I think it's really important because I've talked to so many other moms, vet moms who are in the same situation and they feel completely stuck. And, you know, sometimes you do just need to take a step back because if you keep working and working and working and you're, you just constantly long hours, you don't have that breath to step back and get a different perspective. And that's really what sometimes it takes to do. And you just, you will get through it. You will get through it, but it is hard, but you'll come out stronger. Absolutely. You made me think of something too that, and I'll agree. The first thing I I had to focus on was my mindset too. And personal development played a huge role in that. But one of the things I did early on, whenever I saw, okay, I think I want to back off my hours was I also realized that, and I know everybody's not going to be in a, a situation where they've maybe been out of practice long enough to even consider this, but I realized that I, I was in a place where it wasn't wrong for me to ask for an increase in compensation. And because I was working on my mindset and I was starting to gain confidence again and seeing my worth and, and seeing what I brought to the practice I was at, I was able to do that in a way that, I mean, I got what I asked for. I I essentially laid down, I want to back off my hours, but I want to be paid this. And I was like amazed that I got it. (laughs) And I know it would have never happened if I hadn't tackled that mindset aspect of things beforehand. And, And like you said, paused and gotten clear on what do we really want and need? And what are some ways that we could we can make that happen and bridge that gap. And so if you're in a position where, you know, you can do things like that, you may not have to make like a major change. You may just need to recognize that it's overdue that you have that conversation with your, your boss. Absolutely. And honestly, I mean, we'll get into this, but that's why I joined Galaxy Boost because of this equity sharing that they're offering. I feel like it gives part-time working moms and anybody who wants to work part-time a little breathing space so that they can make that sacrifice now, but still have a little bit that is building for them in the future. So I would, I would just love to give you the opportunity to, you know, I'm sure, well, first I want to kind of back up, help me get like a timeline. Cause I, I think of like, I've been on this journey, you know, of like kind of when I hit rock bottom seven years now, how long has it been since you kind of made these drastic changes? It's been eight years for me. 
be right back with more Vet Candy. Hey, this is Dr. Quincy Hawley, and I'm here to tell you about a new show. It's Vet Candy Rounds with the Hawleys. That's right, Dr. Tierra, the love of my life, and I have teamed up to bring you the most fascinating cases in the world. Check us out on iTunes, Spotify, or a podcast platform of your choice, only on Vet Candy Radio. So I know you you have a toolbox full of all these things that you've learned over the years that have helped you get to the place that you were. Um, I, I used to joke when COVID first happened and I was not in practice anymore. And so I cannot relate to those of you that were in the trenches, but it turned everybody's lives upside down. What, you know, all of a sudden I had two kindergartners at home that I was trying to figure out what, what in the world I was doing with schooling and running a business at home. And I couldn't, you know, leave the house. Oh, and we were living in 700 square feet. But anyways, <laughs> I, I joked that the the years leading up to that, all the work I did on myself was like training for me to survive COVID. <laughs> it's so huge, the difference, and you touched on that, that you were able to bring to your clinic because of the amount of work that you had done on yourself. And so I would love for you to kind of just share a little bit more on what was that work that you did in that in-between time that allowed you to get to a place where when you were still in practice, you you said you rediscovered, you know, your love for vet med and, you know, it was just different. I know you kind of touched on, you got into a routine with the gym and personal development, but do you have specific things that our listeners can take away from this and, and start implementing today from your experience? I mean, I think the biggest thing is realizing that, first of all, the bad stuff or what seems bad in your life is actually the stuff that brings about the new desires you have. So you have to go through that to know what you want. And that's going to continue to change, right? You're never going to get to a point where you're like, oh, I'm I'm good now. I'm going to stay here, right? Like, because other stuff's going to happen and that's going to bring new desires and new goals and new things like that. So you're not going to change and grow as a person unless that happens, that contrast happens in your life. Um, that's where the good stuff is made. And so it's just taken me time to realize that, you know, happiness isn't a destination. It's, it's now like life is just a series of happy moments strung together, a happy life. And your power is literally in the now. You can't do anything about yesterday and you can't do anything about tomorrow. It's right now. And so you really need to start looking around. What I find, and I'm a regular human too, people have like four or five things that are like the main thoughts we think of, right? Like money, your career, your like your family, your relationships, whatever it is. There's like only a handful of things that all of us think about all the time. And you could have one of those things going terribly wrong and the other four going great. And all you think about is that one thing and you just dig yourself into the ground thinking about it. And you can't get to a solution for that thing just focusing on the problem. And so what I've learned over time is to leave it and to focus on those four things that are going well. And it is amazing the way things will turn out 
if you can step back and just go general in your life for all the good things that are happening, then that thing that's not been so good will just slowly start to change and it won't be such a, a knot in your side. That's really the biggest. And it could be the opposite. You may only have one thing going really well in your life and everything else sucks. Just focus on that one thing. I know it sounds crazy, but it really makes a huge difference for me. That's what it's been. And it's just been every day finding a reason to be happy, like truly happy. And I don't say grateful because gratitude was a huge part of my journey for sure. But to me, gratitude still has a little bit of that lack in it. Like you just overcame that. Whereas like just finding what to appreciate right now is just, you know, you're loving it for what it is. And I really, that's what I do. And I, I look for every moment to have a good time, have a good laugh. Like our clinic had so much fun because we could just be ourselves and really focus on, yes, there was terrible stuff happening and people were screaming at us all day long, but I don't know when you just realize there's really nothing serious going on. Like that's kind of one of my mottos. There's nothing serious going on. You know, it's just life and you're going to get through it. It's only temporary. Anything you were going through is only temporary. It will, if it's good, it will be temporary. If it's bad, it will be temporary, but it could get better. Right. And that's the goal. It's such a, a powerful perspective shift across the board, you know, and I love that you touched on, cause the whole time I was thinking, I love the way you were wording it because it was making me think of gratitude, but but it's not gratitude, you know, like in a different way to where like, and, and for myself as well, gratitude is a huge part of, you know, my routine and what got me in a better headspace um, and keeps me there. But I think that some people hear that word and it becomes such a routine, like you think of the same things that it it loses the impact. And so I love the way that you kind of broke it down into these categories. And it's so true. You're, you know, it's, it's very unlikely that you're ever going to have all of these things seem like they're going in the right direction. And if, if you're anything like me, one of my biggest struggles is if everything's going well, I'm waiting for, okay, when is it going to like burn up? And like you, you say like my, my counselor's always like, but just focus on today, be grateful and enjoy today and pick up those moments and just really live them to the fullest. Like, don't even worry about tomorrow. And it's like, I know, I know, but it's so hard. (laughs) It's true. And like what I've learned too is like a belief is literally just a thought you've been thinking over and over and over your whole life until it becomes solidified. And we have a lot of those that don't serve us well, like from when we're kids, what we were told, and then we just continue to tell ourselves. And so all you need to do is just start changing those thoughts. And it's really hard at first, but if you can continue to just catch yourself and change the thought, eventually you can change your belief. And I heard a cool thing once actually was like, uh, your desires are your, is the demand and your belief is the supply. And so if you can really start to change your thoughts and change your beliefs, you can achieve those desires much quicker, right? Yeah. You just made me think of, um, and I, I do not remember who said it? I'm pretty sure it was a book I was reading, but it's from a couple of years ago. And it was the power of simply rewording. And my example that like really like stuck to me is I, I tend to be like, oh, I'm so overwhelmed or I'm so stressed if I have like a lot of work to do. And this is when I was out of practice. I was doing work that I literally created and loved, but I'd still get in that space if I had so many new clients that I was, whatever it was, but I would automatically go into that. I'm overwhelmed. I'm stressed. And he talked about, what about if you said, 
I'm so thankful for these new clients and the ability to be able to get them started on their health and fitness journey and the work that comes with that, you know, like certain simple like that. And it made such a huge impact on me. It's And I would catch myself when I start saying like, oh man, I got so much to do. Like I'm never going to get it done or I'm so stressed. I would be like, oh wait, no, I'm, I'm thankful I'm in this space. That means business is going well and I get to do what I love to do. So ah, there's so much power in words. Well, I'm going to, we're going to take a quick break and then we'll come back and um, maybe pivot a little bit, but just keep the conversation going. And I, I feel like we're going to have to put a timer because we're just going to like keep rambling, <laughs> but we'll be right back. We'll be right back with more Vet Candy. If you're like me, you want to improve your skills, and that means improving your clinical confidence. That's why Vet Candy created a master course in respiratory disease. The master course is taught by a board-certified criticalist and delivers a thorough evaluation of the science and clinical practice skills needed to master respiratory disease from diagnosis and management to client counseling. Plus, when you complete the course, you earn a certificate of completion as a certified respiratory educator and exclusive tools to celebrate, recognize, and share your accomplishment. And what's even more exciting? The course is free and provides race and New York State approved continuing education credits. This master course is brought to you by Trudell Animal Health, the makers of the AeroCat Chamber. You can start helping your patients breathe better by taking it for free today at myvetcandy.com forward slash respiratory. Hi, you were listening to Living Well with Dr. Jessica, and I'm here with Dr. Tara, and we are just having a blast sharing our stories. Um, there's so many similarities on kind of how we hit our own rock bottom and had to make some changes starting with ourselves. And I'm excited to kind of shift gears and just talk a little bit more about your new adventure with Galaxy Vets. I, I know we mentioned earlier, we both love their mission, what they're, what they're doing with Dr. Ivan's kind of created with this whole idea. And so I'd love to hear what your role is um, as part of the team now and what we can look forward to. Absolutely. Yeah. I'm, I'm really excited to be part of it. It's a huge shift for me. And so we kind of have a joke right now because I've only been with them for five weeks and my title's changed twice already, but <laughs> my official title right now is head of community engagement. Cause really I want to like, I'm going to be the front line chatting. I love chatting with vets, right? Vet moms, vets of all sorts, technicians. So I'm going to be the one like having those conversations. And when we have hospitals, I guess like recruiting, but also just more culture kind of stuff as well. So, but yeah, Ivan, like I said, he was a classmate of mine and we had a great time and he obviously has his own struggles that he shared openly and that led him to create this. And when he told me back in November, what he was doing, cause I'm, I'm going to be completely honest. I'm not a huge social media or like podcast person. I didn't, know what he was even doing. I just reached out to him and like to catch up. And he was telling, he told me about it. So I didn't even know. And he offered me a position there, but what I, when he started telling me what he's trying to do, it blew me away because I feel like this industry, this profession definitely needs to be taken in a new direction. Like, I just feel like we're in a downward spiral, you know, in some ways, there's a lot of great things going on, but 
on a day-to-day basis and talking to the people that are working, it's tough out there right now. And I told Ivan this after I, like I was with them for a couple of weeks. The reason that I joined Galaxy is because I feel like what they are providing is choice. And to me, when you think about happiness or even work-life balance, what is work-life balance? We say 75% of us leave because we don't have work-life balance or we want to leave because of work-life balance. But your work-life balance and my work-life balance and somebody else's work-life balance are totally different. So if you just change one thing in the clinic, that might help one person, but it's not necessarily going to change work-life balance for anybody else. And so to me, as human beings, freedom is what we all want, that feeling of freedom. And what gives a human freedom is choice, right? You can then create your own freedom and your own work-life balance based on what's going to suit you personally. And when he was talking about the tasks and the flexibility in your schedules with working like 24 or 32 or 40 hours a week, choosing if you want to rotate between GP or telemedicine or ER and like being able to switch that up throughout the week, when you would throw in equity sharing so that you have a future you're building for, not just putting, you know, all your money out to groceries right now or gas. So there's so many, and there's so many aspects that we've never had. Really, if you think about just like clinical vet med, the only choices we really had is like locums or relief vets. They're the ones who've had a little bit of choice. They can pick which clinics they want to work and when just to fit into their life. But that's really the choice you have. Otherwise, it's just like you have a job and you have to work. And when he threw this out, and the other aspect of that was when I joined and we were talking about the equity sharing, I said, you know, we have to find a way because there's so many moms, like we're both part of that group. Like there's so many vet moms who just can't or don't want to work full time and not just moms, it's everybody, but I'm just saying, cause we're both moms, but there's a lot of people who, who are making that decision, you know, do I have to choose this or that? And I feel like with these options, it can be this and that it's not just like, okay, I'm going to sacrifice my income so I can stay home and raise my kid, or I'm going to work full time. So I have some savings in the future and my kid's going to hate me, but now I can actually work part time and still create some savings in the future. Right. And be part of this, this big company that, is growing into so much more and everybody involved has it. So I just think it's it's invaluable to people right now and what we need. It really does come down to feeling as if you have a choice. I mean, you're dead on about when I do practice, it's relief at my old clinic and it's not often at all. And every time I go in, which I helped them out a couple of weeks ago, I'm like so happy that it's just like, a few days and then I could, you know, like I could come and go. And it, it is true that I, I feel like that's your only options. You're either assigned to one clinic and you don't have any other, you know, like you were talking about flip-flopping between like emergency and GP or telemedicine. Like the idea of even having that as an option is just mind blowing because it's not, <laughs> you know, it's so opposite of what we have um, right now. And so I agree that it's going to be a huge game changer. And I love, you know, what y'all are doing and I'm excited for you. And I think the title is perfect <laughs> because there is such an emphasis on the community aspect and, and culture and why that's so important within the practice setting. Um, and I know, you know, that's something we've talked about on 
you know, several of the episodes that I've had, but um, I feel like you've kind of lived that too, where there's some things that can make such a huge difference when it comes to culture within a, a practice. Do you have any, I don't know, like any nuggets that our listeners could kind of take if they are in that position? And even if they're not a practice owner, but there's still someone that has influence within their practice. You know, what do you find are some of those little things that could be done that could really be impactful within a practice? I think one is just really making your teammates feel valued and like they're an integral part of this clinic and their ideas matter. And, you know, that autonomy that Ivan talks about, you know, like letting people help make decisions in the clinic and hear their ideas and then implement them, you know, and make like, if it makes sense, then, then implement it, but only implement change too, if everybody's ready, because you can get in there and start making all kinds of changes and it turns into a mess. That's a huge one. I think letting people, have room to grow in their roles is really important so that, you know, it's so common, like, especially with techs and stuff, like they just get to a point where they're at the ceiling and they, they don't feel like they can go any further and having, uh, you know, that micro learning where you're just still kind of have these little goals that you want to work on and improve skills or focus on something, whether it's nutrition or behavior or whatever, like you're, you're that guy in the clinic where they can call you and, you know, you have that important role. So I think those two things are really important, you know, continuously growing and, and expanding your knowledge base and, and as a person. And then I think another huge part is just being more relaxed. <laughs> I just think we get so up and I guess it's fair. Like we are dealing with life and death sometimes and, and it can get intense and owners can get intense, but I sometimes feel like my, my coworkers used to make fun of me because when we used to do, when we were doing in clinic, like in the room appointments, which we haven't been for the last 18 months, basically, you know, we'd have one of these clients that maybe they aren't generally very nice. And so, you know, you're just preparing yourself and I would go in just like before I went in the door, I would get this big smile on my face and my coworkers would always be like uh, rolling their eyes at me. And I would go in with the biggest high and like, just like, you know, like just try and change that energy because honestly, that's what it is. It's energy. And if you can change yours, often other people will change theirs. Not always, sometimes it still turns into a mess. But when I left my clinic, cause I really just thought, you know, at the end of the day, we're all people. And my, my clients realize that too. You know what I mean? They knew I was just a human being. And I feel like I never had crazy pressure on me because of that. Cause I made really great relationships with them, but I left my clinic when I, my last day, I gave them a sign to put up over where the doctor's board is. And it says, if things are feeling too serious, don't forget to laugh because I just, you know, I just think you can't get that sucked into it. You know, it's not, not worth it. We'll be right back with more Vet Candy. Put the needle on the record. Vet Candy Life is a talk show hosted by well-being gurus, Dr. Quincy Hawley and Renee Michelle. Each episode features expert tips, lifestyle advice, and real-life experiences from the most interesting people in the world. Check it out on iTunes, Google Play, Stitcher, and more. I'm totally guilty. I'm not as bad because I'm very aware of it now, but I'm, and I think a lot of us within veterinary medicine, we're naturally 
we're we're just ser- we're serious people, <laughs> you know. Like I could come off pretty intense, and I don't mean to, but it's just it's it's how I am. But like I said, I'm aware of that, and it's gotten a lot better with being able to just be like, it's not that big of a deal. It's not that serious, you know. Have some fun. I think a lot of it was just always not wanting to look stupid, you know, just silly things that, yeah. like you said, you believe when you're a kid, and you just kind of carry that in, and so. I've always been more on the serious, boring side, I feel like. But, and, and I keep using an example of when I do relief because it is very different um, because of the work I've done on, on my on myself. But I kind of do what you were mentioning and it's such an easy thing, but it's something we could like very easily overlook. But when I go in that back door, you know, like, good morning, everyone. I almost always bring donuts. Like, a, you know, like I always set the tone that like, we're going to have a good day. And I always bring my Bluetooth speaker and put like Jack Johnson's like my go-to station, but just like fun, feel good music. I think it makes such a big difference for me. And I understand like you may not be able to do that at your clinic, depending on, you know, whatever. But I've learned that like music is such a simple way for me to like kind of stay in that like more mellow, carefree zone, depending on what I'm listening to. I don't go there without it. And they just know like I'm always going to have music playing (laughs) in, in, in the office. And it just really makes a big difference whenever you're able to control how you're presenting yourself and how you're reacting with the clients and the staff. And it, it it just naturally causes that ripple effect. If you're not walking around like a drill sergeant, then they're going to feel like they could breathe. Absolutely. I think just caring about each other, you know what I mean? Just like everybody's just a human and they have their own life and just like the whole person, not just what they're there for. Right. And then the other couple, the other thing I would only say is that, you know, making sure they are not at the clinic too much, you know, like make sure they're not there too long make sure they're not there too many days in a row, make sure they're taking vacation. Like, I think that stuff's important because sometimes in some vet clinics, you know, they incentivize not taking days off. And I don't think that's great. Like you want people to be able to step back, get fresh, have different perspective, bring creativity. Like you can't bring that when you're there day in and day out. That's when the good stuff comes. So it's important. I agree with that. I've learned that as well. Not even within like our field specifically, but just in life in general, I have to be able to pause. And like I said, we went on a girl's trip uh, not that long ago. I, I've i learned that I need to like physically leave and go somewhere for a couple of days to reset and be able to be my best just all around. And so I love that you mentioned that. And I do think that it's worth being aware of, like you said, things that kind of reward you for not doing those things when really it's it's something that shouldn't even be, it's it should be a non-negotiable. I think we're coming to a close, but I, I wanted to give you an opportunity to touch on something that I know is very fresh, um, but y'all are very excited about at Galaxy Vet regarding the Galaxy Vet Foundation and what's going on in the Ukraine right now. Absolutely. And thank you for that. It was always a plan in like the future down the pipeline for Galaxy Vets to have a nonprofit. But like with what's going on right now in Ukraine, uh, the time is now. Uh, Galaxy, we're in like a whole bunch of different countries and states and Ukraine is one of those countries uh, we have team in. The people that make this organization go is, is the priority. We care most about their safety and their health and their well-being. 
and Ivan, who's the CEO, he's, he's Ukrainian as well. So, you know, we're not just devastated by what's happening, but we actually have people in this war that are in this organization. And, you know, while preventing the human suffering right now is definitely the priority, what Galaxy Vets does best is, um, is help pets. I mean, that's what we're going to be around for. So we are going to be offering, it's still in the infancy, so I don't even have all the information yet, but basically we're going to be using vets and techs from other areas of the world, helping these pets that are getting abandoned. They're getting locked in their apartments because the people are leaving so quickly, their homes, they're getting injured, they're hungry. Um, we're going to be providing telemedicine with people that will be on the ground to be able to provide food and shelter and medicine to these, these pets. So it's going to be called Galaxy Vets Foundation is the overlying nonprofit. And this will be called Help Animals UA. And it will be coming. And what we're really looking for is just other vets and techs to offer some time to maybe do some telemedicine with us. And then obviously we'll be looking for donations to get those supplies on the ground. But uh, yeah, we want to make that happen. And then if I could just say two more things, Jessica, if you don't mind, because I really, really appreciate this time. The first one is if you are interested in learning more about Galaxy, we do have a website. If, if you're an employee or an owner that want to learn more, you can go to the Galaxy Vets website. But also Dr. Ivan and I, uh, we do a, a monthly employee meetup, which is kind of fun and casual where we dig in a little deeper about what we're doing and, and answer people's questions if they are interested in the future to have a job with us maybe or partner with us. And then the last thing I would say is just uh, that we are calling to revise the language of the professional oaths, both the veterinary ones and the technician ones. It's been done in the human medical field and now we kind of are calling it in the veterinary field, you'll see it on social media and LinkedIn and Facebook. It's been going around for a bit, but we're trying to include a commitment to attend to the personal health and mental well-being of vets so that we have personal care and patient care involved in that because I think it's really important. So any support in that would be awesome as well. Yeah, I'm so glad you you mentioned that. You just jumped ahead a, a bit. You made my job easier because I always, I always end things with, you know, how can we find out more how can we stay connected with you and so you kind of already answered how our listeners could connect with galaxy vet and what y'all are doing and if there's any interest in being a part of things with you guys but i'm so glad you mentioned about the the oath revision because that is something that we had talked about that i definitely didn't want um, to be left out but do you want to um share as well i know you said you're not very much on social media and those things. So it may it, it may just be Galaxy Vet, but I always love to give our listeners an opportunity to stay connected with you specifically. And so if there's anything you want to add to that, or if it's maybe just contacting you through Galaxy Vets, if you don't mind sharing that. Yeah, no, absolutely. I'm sorry I jumped the gun on that. But yeah, so I am on LinkedIn again uh, with this position. I finally am jumping back on the on the bandwagon there. So you can find me on LinkedIn and then any vets or techs that are um, like communicating through the galaxy vet website will, it will be with me. Like uh, you'll be in touch with me anyway. So we'll, we can connect that way too. So thanks for that. That's easy enough. We'll be right back with more vet candy.
Hi, we're the Goo Goo Dolls. We're fortunate that our daughters have what they need to grow and learn. But that isn't the case for nearly 13 million kids in the U.S. that struggle with hunger. Childhood hunger is a heartbreaking reality that Feeding America is working to change. Each year, the Feeding America network of food banks rescues billions of pounds of good food that would have gone to waste and provides it to families and children in need. You can help kids in need in your community by visiting feedingamerica.org. Brought to you by Feeding America and the Ad Council. Well, it's been a blast. I think we did good time-wise, honestly. <laughs> I, I know this could have went on for hours and hours, but I want to respect our listeners. But I, I really hope that, you know, those tuning in got something out of today. I feel like there was so much touched on, so many good, you know, areas of discussion that that, that conversation needs to keep going. And I think it's just always really refreshing to hear stories from others that, you know, it's so easy to like, hop on these and feel like, you know, the person talking has everything together. And we've, you know, we've always been in this place of like, you know, quote unquote, well-being or stability. But like, the truth is so much, so many of us, our stories are because we had some kind of rock bottom or something that kind of kicked our butts in gear and and just kind of made us shift these priorities. And so uh, a goal of mine is always to help our listeners avoid that stage of things and, and just kind of gather, you know, insight and wisdom from, from people that have kind of done the hard work and are willing to share. And so I appreciate you taking your time today to do so with us. Well, thanks so much for having me. It was super fun. All right, you guys, that's it for today's episode. You're listening to Living Well with Dr. Jessica. Until next time, we'll see you soon. Bye. Vet Candy. Vet Candy. Vet Candy. It's Vet Candy Radio.